Hey guys, welcome, 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 welcome back, everyone. Episode number four of the podcast. Got myself and Shane on here, and Pete is back again. Pete Lang. <laughs> and today we're going to have a special guest on with us. We're going to have Greg Fleming from Alt Hotels, and Greg's got an extensive background in the hospitality industry. So we'll uh, we'll introduce him at the time. But uh, Greg has. Uh, Greg's been a member of the hospitality industry for a number of years, and he's got some great stories, and he's got a great take because with everything we've got going on in the world, um, it's he's definitely got an important point of view from that industry. So uh, that's going to be interesting. But before we get into all that, how you doing, guys? How's uh, how's life? Yeah, it's it's exactly the same. It's uh, six weeks of exactly the same. <laughs> Every day is Groundhog Day. Not well, hey. Going that well. Yeah. What happened to April, right? Like, it felt like January was just this massive slog. February was normal. March was like a slog. And then April was like, boom. Yeah. April went so, that's true. April went so quickly. Uh, and, and March felt like the longest month of all time. That is, that is true. And, and I don't know, you know, I, I you know, I, you guys know that I read these weird conspiracy things and all those sorts of stuff. And so like, I don't know, I was like, I stumbled upon somebody on a TikTok video talking about how uh, there could be some kind of time, space, Einstein's theory of relativity, you know, changing, <laughs> which changed April as to why April went so quickly. <laughs> yes, that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, something's got to explain it. And I think that's the way it was for everyone is that April felt like, I mean, it's April 29th, you know, like what happened? We're in the coronavirus wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing quick. And we got the government declassifying UFO videos here now. Everything's, and that's like not even a big deal, apparently, with everything else going on in the world. Well, that stuff leaked a while ago. So I'm not sure why. Right. It's it definitely interesting timing on them, uh, on them releasing that, that UFO stuff from, uh, from the Pentagon. So the Pentagon and Department of Defense in the U.S. did release those UFO videos. But th those were leaked videos by the Navy some time ago and i actually heard the navy pilot who actually chased those ufos was on the joe rogan podcast like i'd say that was a year ago or more yeah. and um interesting story man that is that is an interesting story though that i mean they said that they saw those those things they chased them and they would go to uh like five feet above the water up to like thirty thousand feet in seconds and they moved about. They said that they flew over something that looked like a large craft underwater. Um, and that's where these UFOs sort of went into. Uh, that's the one that they call the Tic Tac. What's that one? The, the Tic Tac. That's the one. Yeah. So this was the Tic Tac. This, this was the, the, what, that's what they were chasing. Looked like a, looked like a Tic Tac. So there's all kinds of. Uh, how, how does Elon Musk fit into all of this? Surely he's got his finger on this somehow. Yeah, I don't know, man. Elon Musk. Did you say I, Elon Musk is? Uh, Elon Musk shared the. Uh, I, I shared this around to one of my. You know, I shared this on my Facebook page. I noticed that the YouTube has YouTube has taken it down, but Elon Musk shared a video that these two doctors out of California shared about. You know, are we approaching this COVID stuff the right way? And you know, they seemed very professional about it. They were reading through the numbers and just going through the numbers. They had reporters there. Some of the reporters were grilling grilling them on some things. So, uh, but it was interesting. It was an interesting point of view, what they were saying, you know, about, about uh, COVID-19. And of course, there's been some studies out there that 
have said, you know, USC and Stanford did a study that said that, uh, um, that actually COVID-19 might be more prevalent in society because they did a study of antibodies and it turns out that more percentage of the population has antibodies for COVID-19 than would expect. So they think maybe more people got it and didn't, um, didn't uh, report. And so uh, that means that the mortality rate for this is a lot lower. So I saw Elon Musk posted on these doctors, but I also noticed that YouTube took this down because um, I guess their YouTube is saying only stuff from WHO. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not sure how I feel about like this government control that we're sort of getting into, you know what I mean? And then, and then they do stuff like release the UFO videos, you know, to try and, you know, like a little bit of, Oh, take your mind off of that while we take down all these videos about whatever else. So it's a great, great opportunity to announce the launch of our next uh, sister podcast, the conspiracy theory <laughs> podcast, which I'll is going to be much more one. interesting and uh, much, much larger viewership. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before it gets taken down. 50 days now without sports, eh? Today's 50 days. Yeah, How wild. wild is that? How have we gotten by? with only the NFL friggin' draft in the past 50 days. <laughs> what I yeah. want to How have people not killed each other? My, I'm getting my kids to, I'm getting my, I'm getting my kids to fight each other and then I'm wagering with my wife on who's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> always pick the oldest. <laughs> that's always, that's always You're good. never going to make money that way though, see? <laughs> you start training the middle kid to fight. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Yeah, no sports for 50 days. Hopefully it's not going to be long. Lots of all the leagues are kind of chatting about plans to reopen, which who knows what will happen. But, yeah, it's going to be – I'm definitely ready to watch something besides Netflix these days. Netflix and Disney Plus, not cutting it for me anymore. As much as there's some quality stuff on there, I need some live action, people getting kicked out of each other and some intensity. And, and darts. You need to watch those darts shows with the crazy guys with the – the mullets and the mohawks. Yeah, the darts. I will say for one thing, though, Netflix has done a great job of producing content. I mean, they have so much stuff that yep. has just come out. I mean, of course, everyone watched Tiger King when that came out. And um, then they have this, I don't know if you guys were watching, but in terms of sports, that Michael Jordan uh, doc that they put out now, The Last Dance, I mean, that's fantastic. I even got Jess into it a little bit. She's watching it with me. She's She loves it. And uh, it's, it does seem that Netflix is doing a good job of putting out content. I watched Waco the other day. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good, uh, I thought it was a pretty good series. Yeah, that was a decent series. That was, it was interesting. Hey, I remember Waco at the time, but you know, it sort of leaves your memory a little bit. And, uh, yeah. They also have some great reality show content, which <laughs> yeah, uh, my great. wife and I watch. It's, it's like, it's like the network reality shows, but just a little bit, you know, uh, skeezier and with a few more swear words it's like yeah, the perfect it's the perfect uh, recipe for occasional brief nudity uh, you know i've noticed like that butt, yeah. just butt cracks what's that just butts you know yeah yeah just just butts <laughs> it's weird to me that butts have crossed the line in terms of what you can show you know <laughs> to do a pg audience but <laughs> but uh yeah no it's uh it's uh, they're doing a pretty good job. That show there, I know the uh, what was the one recently where they're on the beach? What's that called, uh, Pete? Too hot to handle. Too hot to handle. Don't tell me oh, you watched that, did you? 
Was oh, that? yeah. Oh, you better believe it. Oh, my. <laughs> we watch all the reality show content. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> did they end up winning the money on that? Like, did I assume they all just like split the pool, the prize pool? Did they? Did they? Did they win? For the producer, maybe you want to throw up a spoiler alert here now, but uh, yes, they did split the content. Yeah. Okay. So they, they split the prize, and um, and but some of the people got kicked off. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they weren't committed. Don't, don't give away too much. We don't we don't want people clipping out on our podcast here. Just uh, not trying to get. But that was something for me, Pete. Is like it was like all these people battling out for a hundred thousand dollars, and then of course they they dropped the prize every time someone kissed or whatever or did yeah. whatever. And I was just like, there's not going to be any money to like. I bet you those shows are the most profitable shows Netflix makes because it was the same thing with the Circle. They had a hundred thousand dollar top prize. I mean, they spent I can't remember, but I think on the Martin Scorsese film that they did, I think they paid one hundred fifty or two hundred million dollars for the rights for that. So, yeah. I mean, that, it's it's like it goes back to the um, the writer's strike in Hollywood, you know, back whenever the writer's strike happened. So they started trying these like reality TV concepts. And they're like, holy cow, these things are dirt cheap to make. You don't have to do any writing. And, you know, everybody watches them. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the legacy. What, what's, the, what, what's the first, like, if you think of reality TV, what's probably the first one that you would have ever watched? Survivor for me. Yeah. Survivor was the first one, yeah. Yeah. Bachelor, you know the Bachelor is pretty enduring franchise. Survivor, Big Brother. So Big Brother, I remember was so Survivor, and then Big Brother. I think is what I remember sort of happening first, and then that was in. I was I was big into Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back then too. Oh, by the yeah. way, what's the one that um, what was Trump's reality TV show? The Apprentice. The Apprentice. Yeah. Is that a reality TV show? Yep. Yeah, it's done by the same guy who did Survivor, Mark Burnett. Okay. So he does all he does all the reality shows. I learned something interesting about that. Hey, like Trump is always going back and forth with the the guy who owns or the president. Of, anyways, the president of CNN was involved with the Apprentice. Apprentice and him and Trump hated each other back then. Hey, so it's uh, I find that interesting that Trump is still on there. And well, obviously CNN doesn't have any love for Trump either. So I, I find that interesting. I was like, this is a long-standing rivalry here. That's he seems like the out. kind of guy that would hold a grudge. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for the day Trump makes his return to the friggin' WWE and gets the <laughs> out of him. <laughs> What's what you swearing today, man? Keep it clean. I <laughs> <laughs> had to put in these beeps afterwards. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess. Well, we've uh, we've done a couple minutes here, so we don't. We should probably see if we can't get uh, get Grego on. So uh, Shane, I'm gonna I'm gonna end my broadcast. You end yours too. And when we come back. Well, Greg Fleming. All right, and here we are. We've uh, we've got Greg Fleming on board. Welcome, Greg. Thank you for having me. Pleasure yeah, to be here on the podcast. On the podcast, yeah. So just to give a little history uh, about Greg Fleming, and so well, we can give a little bit of bio. But I will say is how how we met Greg was uh, I don't know probably ten years ago when uh, when we first started Robot. I was out. Uh, beating the streets looking for new clients and I, I just cold called Greg really I showed up at uh, at the hotel and he was the general manager of the time the Ramada at that time and said hey you know we're yeah. this new company we're doing some interesting things and then uh, we've been working together and and developed a good friendship out of it actually as well over the last uh, last 10 years and we've worked on some cool things together too over the years which is which is good yeah. fun but, yeah uh, no, it's been a uh, back in those days uh, there was a lot of 
growth potential in the uh, digital world and websites and how we were putting ourselves out there and trying to get that exposure that we needed. Uh, yeah, so, we had some yeah, great campaigns a lot of fun over the years. We had some great campaigns we ran with you from the robot side, especially back then. I mean, I, we're still like it today, but you know, from us here at Robot, I find we're always one step ahead when it comes yep. to technology and, and those sorts of things. And I remember we ran uh, a photo contest campaign with you using Facebook, which at the time was just revolutionary, and <laughs> you know, like for the for the industry. And I remember we had yeah, the, we yeah. had so much success with that running that campaign with you with you guys. We had uh, yeah. I think we yeah. over two million uh, unique users, and we had I mean thousands and thousands and thousands of engagements and votes and and people submitting their photos and everything. And that was uh, that was really I mean people if you can believe it, people were still advertising in the paper back then, and well you know it was still you know the paper yeah. and you know, those traditional ways. And, and so we, yeah. we sort of got into, Hey, you know, you should do social. And, uh, it, it was, yeah. it was cool. And, and, and it was, and good on you. And I know you're like that too, is that you, you are one to, you know, you, you recognize those opportunities quickly and, uh, mm -hmm. you, us to, you trusted us on that. So that was good. how did you make the decision to go with this young entrepreneur who just showed up and knocked on your door and said, Hey man, here I am. Pick us. What well, was kind of the, the light bulb moment there for you. Good question. Uh, Aaron exhibited a, uh, an energy and an interest in what we were doing. And I think it's as plain and simple as that, that we had actually done a project with another company uh, just prior to that, back in geez, 2010, 2011. And uh, I guess it was just the engagement with our product and what, what we, what, what, who we were, what we wanted to do. And I think with any relationship, you just feel like, you need to have that base, you know, trust and common, you know, you just want to make sure, want to know that that the other, your the client is being thought of. And, uh, you know, he was very interested in what we were doing and saw some potential. And, uh, cool. yeah, we just, uh, you know, some good ideas were presented right from the, the start. And it made sense to me. And I certainly don't profess to be an expert in any of these things. So I, I just uh, felt that, you know, I just relied on his expertise and suggestions and thought it was something that we could give, a, give it a try. And uh, like he described with that one project, particularly, it certainly was a success. So I think it was just uh, through that trust and that relationship that, uh, you know, we just carried on with some other things and it's just carried on to this day, really. Yeah, we hit it off right away. And that is important. Yeah. Uh, but you, there, you do get a service with us at Robot that we do provide. We're, we are a service sort of based. I, 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 yeah. And on that, like I find that there's clients that, you know, or people like me being the client would say that they want to do this or they feel that they could do that. Or I don't know if they would say that they're experts or that they really know what they want, but I felt that I could just spitball ideas and Aaron would just take them. Like he wouldn't say I'm wrong or no, we don't do that. Or, um, that's out of our, you know, it was, anything was a possibility, anything that we'd throw on the table it was worth looking at. So I felt that, that was something that I, looking back on it, I valued a lot was just being open to all those ideas and thoughts. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we, we sort of, you know, at the company, we, we've tried to create a service, I guess a service based almost, you know, ad agency, I guess, and, which is funny because a lot of our backgrounds come from the service industry within the company. And then for someone like yourself, I know that has spent so much time in hospitality and service that, that, mm -hmm that probably appealed to you. So that was, 
you know, that was and the other, the other part of, you know, what kind of was a nice little, uh, key to the whole relationship was when Pete was, uh, I learned that Pete was with Aaron because I had worked with Pete with that other, another company in a previous, uh, and although I didn't work directly with Pete, I had learned of his skill and ability and I thought, wow, geez, now we're yeah. talking. So, yeah, uh, yeah, now you cook them with fire. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It just, it just had all the elements that, you know, where we were, we're younger guys, we're, you know, trying to make a mark. Uh, I want to be ahead of the competition and do some creative stuff. Yeah. And um, I could go back like with my time with the company, uh, in a previous life with the company that we were the, the Ramada was the first hotel that offered Wi-Fi to hotel guests. Um, cool. Or anybody in the city. Um, that was certainly a slow, you know, totally, looking back on it, it was just clunky and really, I don't even think it performed very well, but at least we said that we could provide the service. And given the model of your laptop and all kinds of real strict parameters, some people were actually able to get Wi-Fi. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just, I'm always been that kind of guy, that type of operator looking for a little edge. Yeah, looking for an edge. And, and so I found that robot kind of had the same kind of approach to their business. So. That, yeah. that is what we try and do for sure. We're always looking for we're looking for the edge. But yep. just to give the uh, the viewers here a background on on who you are and what you've done. So you've been in the industry for 25 years, hotel management for 20 years. You've been a, a Destination St. John's board member for seven years. Yep. Uh, Skull St. John's president eight years. Uh, yep. uh, past in the past. Hotel Association of Canada board member, uh, Newfoundland and Labrador Hotel slash Motel president, uh, H&L board member in the past, and also an interesting fact, you're a fourth generation hotelier. And you're- That's, with, that's uh, an interesting piece for sure. Yeah, yeah. From, from, and you're originally from Alberta, so that's where you sort of got- Yeah, where you got yeah your born, and, born and raised Calgarian. Uh, not very many people can say they're actually Calgarian, but I'm one of those. Uh, and uh, of course, had the pleasure of meeting my future wife, uh, who is uh, born and raised Newfoundlander. And, and she dragged you here. Dragged <laughs> me here. Uh, That's how we import people. everyone here. So, so you, you marry good Newfie girl. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I guess coming from the tourism industry, though, like in a greater scope, uh, let alone the hotel business, I, I'll never forget coming to St. John's, and uh, of course, never had ever been here had no real idea what I was what it was what it looked like how it felt um, as soon as I was here for that week that I visited for the first time I was like wow this has just got potential written all over it um, with its you know authenticity culture uniqueness whatever you want to call it and this is back in 99 and uh, of course being in the hotel business I scoped out some of the hotels that were around and there wasn't very many um, and even those that were here, there wasn't a whole lot in the way of brands and stuff like that. So I felt that the uh, industry on its own was in its infancy and uh, could definitely thrive and grow. And so, quite frankly, um, at the time, being whatever age I was, I guess 30, my early 30s, I felt that, uh, hey, I, it's better to be a bigger fish in a small pond than a little fish in an ocean. And I felt that Calgary was just, just the opportunities in Calgary, just, there was just, you know, a lot of hotels, but the competition was fierce, you know, all those things. And I felt uh, a really interesting uh, opportunity uh, if I had a chance. So I just took that plunge and felt that, hey, maybe this could be something. 
And uh, yeah, so I'm still here. So I guess that was a good decision at the time. Yeah. Worked out well for you. And so right now, we didn't talk about it, but right now you're the general manager of the Alt Hotels here in downtown St. John's, beautiful hotel. Uh, yep. Want to tell us a little bit about uh, about your job there and how's it, how it's going and Alt, Alt Hotels in general? Well, it's been a short history to, at this point. I've only just joined the company about a couple months ago. Um, huge potential. This is a new hotel in a kind of a city that's seen a few other new hotels pop up over the years. So uh, it's been a the company Germain Group or Group Germain has um, certainly made a mark in Canada and Alt being one of their more popular products. Um, you know, there, I believe, and I keep, uh, I think there's 12 in Canada right now, and they invested in St. John's on a beautiful piece of land right here on the harbor. So as soon as I had heard that they had chosen this site to be to further hotel, I immediately felt that they would have awesome opportunities. And through some challenges that they were faced with, um, they hadn't really settled on a manager for a couple of years until they finally felt like they needed somebody dedicated. And I felt I put my name in the hat just because of the opportunity I can see with this place. Uh, the company itself is kind of cool in the sense that they are one of those types. If you're not familiar with their company, they are, well, Alt says it all, really. Um, they're always thinking outside the box. They're always looking for that something different that they could offer. Uh, something that in our business, um, not a whole lot of operators or companies think that way, although they might say they do. They don't execute it. These guys do. And uh, it's just all, all kinds of little things, but you know, the, it, that's kind of what drew me to the opportunity to work with them was just sort of that idea and how they approach their business. What are some of those things that help them? What are some of those things that they do to think outside the box to kind of- Well, uh, there's no checkout time. Um, don't believe in checkout time. You check out whenever you feel like it, which usually you got hotel front desk people calling at 11 in the morning, like, get out, get out. You're not left yet. Um, very, very centric on the customer. So uh, that to me, like just a small thing, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but um, you could literally check out at six o'clock in the evening if, you know, you had a late. What if you don't want to check out? Could you just stay? <laughs> <laughs> you could and uh you would have to end up paying but uh of course so inside the box we don't like to get into the small print we like hate the because you know of course every little thing you give there's always going to be a little little side you know uh, small print uh but we don't get into that and bore you because uh, most people don't even get to that point where we have to that. so yeah, there's uh, that, and there's the, the rooms themselves. I mean, this hotel in particular is very uh, automated, uh, very cool doodad, a lot of gadgets in the room, like everything centralized. So you put your key in the wall, turns on the lights, you control your HVAC through that panel. You can lower the blackout blinds on that panel. Um, you can turn on lights, turn off lights. There's a mood light. Um, so a lot of like neat things, just something that, you know, I always felt being in this business that people are looking at a hotel that offers something a little bit above what they can have at home. So uh, I remember in the day that when flat screen TVs became quite the rage. Uh, I always felt hotels had to have flat screens because a lot of people in those days may not have had a flat screen and would look at that as kind of something different that they would enjoy being in a hotel room. 
Um, so they're always looking for that little extra something. And even to come down to the bedding, I felt that the bedding and the how they source their products here uh, with this company is something that I've not seen before. They literally have exclusive mattresses and bedding that you would only get at a group Tremaine property. Um, I have yet to learn all the details on that, but uh, definitely uh, like how it came to be and how they've been able to uh, continue with that uh, with their suppliers. But they, they definitely develop these relationships with the suppliers that I've really not experienced before. Uh, even Nespresso, you know, we don't have the Keurigs, they got the Nespresso, which again, is a little bit different, a little bit extra than even a Keurig would, you know, and people to kind of look at that as being cool, different, you know. Um, so people like to talk about where they stay and, uh, you know, be able to, you know, people like to take pictures of where they are and share their experience. And I think uh, we certainly value that, you know, like behind me, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a sort of these screens over here. Just yep. those are Instagram uh, pictures, collage. Oh, cool. That if you share your picture of the, wherever you are, if it's St. John's or Calgary or Winnipeg and you're, you tag it with Alt Expo, you might have a chance to have that photo show up in the uh, collage, which is consistent among all the properties in the chain. So and the wall yeah. name almost. Yeah. Yeah. So some people proceed, you know, like profess to be photographers. Everybody's got a device. They're all taking photos of where they are, and yeah. what they're seeing and sharing their experiences, which tourism has become much more of that. It's this being able to share your experience and instantaneously. And I will say, like, what's interesting, in fact, in sharing your experience, I, uh, our office, of course, is downtown as well, right across the street from the Alt Hotel. And we yeah. had over one day, and myself and her just stepped outside for a little walk and a chat, and we looked up in the one in the window, and here was a naked old guy. And uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, uh, that's an experience. <laughs> well, we do have the uh, ceiling, floor-to-ceiling windows, which is another kind of cool uh, – feature of the hotel is particularly when you're looking at the harbor which this is the really the hotel in the city that has the best harbor views in my opinion does, yeah and but they are floor-to-ceiling windows so if you're going to see somebody you're going to see all of them and, <laughs> well his belly was so big it sort of covered up you know oh, <laughs> and we don't uh, a little thing with us is that when the rooms are vacant the, the, the blinds are wide open so like people can see into the rooms as a way of I guess, you know, you know, being able to see the rooms, why not? Why, why hide them? Um, but at nighttime, people may not realize that, you know, you got to put down those black, black coat drapes, yeah. the shears. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a cool spot to be in the city. And uh, so getting back to when I started, it was only into my second week that this COVID situation hit us like a ton of bricks and yeah. forced us to just completely change what we're doing. So uh, I look forward to the day when we can kind of get back to business and I can sort of really get going with this group. But they've been really good and supportive of all the hotels at this point. And I guess I could say particularly myself being brand new to the company during such a bizarre time. And uh, just keeping the lights on and, you know, welcoming anybody that happens to walk in the door. So to that point, I mean... Uh how has your business changed? I know you have a fantastic restaurant down there, Two Tear. 
which yeah. is, a, is, a, is a restaurant. I, I take, you've taken a hit on that side. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, how have you, I'm, I'm curious as to how has business changed in the hotel? What type of hotel guests are you getting now? Uh, what have you done in the restaurant? And we'll stick with that. I got to follow up after you get through those those questions. But there's there's a lot to ask you about because you, you're in you're in the industry that right now is definitely is probably affected the most out of all of uh, yeah. you know all of all industry right now. So I mean, what's yeah, your- I could go on and on with that. I've um, it's been a really really difficult time, and it's I guess more difficult because we don't know really what the end is going to be and how it's going to look. I mean. Some, like I was talking to a colleague earlier today, it's not like the, the school, because the school will just open and the kids will come back and you're just going to be what you were before, but just how much time is that? Well, well, you know, but there's just so much more unknown about our business because uh, it's perishable. Like, you know, whatever, you know, we have the hotel rooms, but if we don't have the business, then what good is it? Uh, we, we need to... Uh, it's just, it's, the challenge I think ultimately that we're faced with is, first of all, there's quite a few hotels still open in the city, which if I were to guess back in March when this all happened, I would have thought that we would have seen a few other hotels close, you know, albeit temporarily, but they wouldn't operate. So I guess in a good sense that, you know, there's companies that do operate these properties that see value in keeping them open. Um, so we're all, you know, as much as uh, that is a benefit or a good for the staff, good for you know maybe even the city to be able to still feel like we're operating and being able to welcome anyone that needs a room. Uh, there isn't very many people around that need a room. <laughs> uh, there is some offshore activity, um, albeit very limited to what it used to be from my experience with it. Um, also, there's, I guess, Coast Guard, you know, they still, are running their vessels and doing what they do. Uh, we you know, some shift change stuff. You know, we've had some of the offshore supply go back and forth the up the platforms. They do have some shift change requirements, so we've accommodated a few of those folks. Uh, there are some though that still feel like they they have a special occasion that they want to uh, share together. And if it's an anniversary or a special birthday, they you know they have checked in. Uh, we kind of politely screen them just with a few very basic questions about their health. <laughs> uh, of course, the assumption is, is that they wouldn't be doing what they're doing if they weren't healthy, but you just, so that's kind of a fine line, but I think most hotels are experiencing similar types of situations. More of it is to support the, you know, the commercial activity that's coming into the city and doing what we can to help them out. Um, yeah, so there's not a whole lot of business though, so we're really running on a shoestring. Yeah. And they're banning travel now to the province. I saw that come out today. So um, yeah, that's that's an interesting situation. Um, and I only just learned about myself when uh, the mayor of Bonavista has been kind of putting the word out about what they've experienced. So what's I going on? Bonavista people are people are traveling to Bonavista. Is that what the, the deal yeah? Is? I mean, I didn't really give it much mind because I kind of questioned if it was even that accurate or not. But apparently, it is that they are. Uh, they have had situation where there has been, I don't know how, what volume we're talking about, but supposedly there were some Americans um, that had their way up there to see icebergs and some folks from Nova Scotia. Again, I don't know what numbers we're talking about, but it, they're obviously there. Um, I hope that it doesn't become an issue. Um, 
I don't want it to be a, a stain on our tours ministry that's already got enough challenges as it is that we have to kick people out. Because <laughs> um, it seems to be going in that direction. The media is kind of turning it into a more of a new way. Um, I, I don't know what that, I, I hope that messaging doesn't carry on too much longer that we're not welcoming people. Because of course, that's always been our one of our key measure or our messaging is our hospitality and down to earth approach to life. And, you know, have, you know, Newfoundlanders just take the shirt off their back and all those great positive messages that we can incorporate into our message for tourism. But, um, yeah, it's been a little bit concerning how that all came together. And I suppose they were told to leave. I don't know how those interactions were, although they are saying that they're here and how did they get here? And we don't want any more anybody else to get in. Um, but hopefully that doesn't carry on too much longer and that was just an isolated incident. So what do you think is going to happen if this goes on for two years in the hotel industry? Is there going to have to be a government bailout? I mean, how is Oh, yeah. It, yeah. 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 The, I think it's a wait and see approach. I, I believe that there's going to be enough activity that's going to at least provide hotels with enough revenue to operate. They won't be operating like they would normally operate. I mean, uh, that's the, the balance that has to be struck. And it's almost every hotel or each company would have to find that balance on their own. Uh, some hotels are very dependent on convention and conference business. Uh, some hotels are very, you know, as they're located near an airport, very reliant on air travel. Um, so it depends on what sector or what market you serve with your property. Some of these luxury hotels, I think, are going to be in for a, a challenge, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if that luxury market will come back as soon as maybe a, a, the more roadside, shall we say, three-star properties might. Um, so it's kind of depending on what product you have and where your properties are located and uh, what markets they're in. Uh, there's assumptions that Montreal and Toronto will be slower to come back than, say, Halifax or St. John's or Regina or, you know, those markets. Uh, even Vancouver, for that matter. I think BC is in pretty good shape. So, um, yeah, it's a hard question to ask. I mean, it's certainly a, a valid concern. I think all of our any hotel, any company that's in the business is trying to forecast and looking at that long-term situation. But all we can do is just roll with the punches and uh, come up with a plan or plans to meet those hurdles as we come up to them. Right now, it's, I think we got through that first phase of just like, oh my God, what are we gonna do? I think they've all settled in now and kind of are being able to navigate our staffing levels, uh, how we're gonna clean the rooms, how we're gonna do a check-in, um, essentially that's all. There's no housekeeping service, for instance, for hotel guests that are in the hotel. Your room will not get serviced. If you need something, you call and it will be delivered left at your door. Uh, so there's not a very personal touch there. I know some of these luxury hotels, uh, as you would call them, I guess, uh, like their valet parking isn't available. I don't know if valet parking will ever exist, however long this is going on for. Uh, some of those real nice touches that you would look forward to in staying in a nicer hotel probably won't exist. So that's going to be a challenge in some way or another. Um, but I guess if they're all doing it, then what's what's the chat like? What's the problem? You know, if all the luxury hotels are faced with the same situation, then they'll just have to do without that part of their service. 
for a period of time and hopefully can bring it back once everything settles down. So uh, I guess in a nutshell, it's um, you just have to kind of take each month as it comes, each week as it comes, and uh, hopefully, you know, there's going to be enough business coming just with some of the restrictions lifted that will allow us to be able to operate at some level with some bit of revenue. You know, you got the 75% wage subsidy that, of course, looks and sounds great, but we don't have revenue coming in or very little. So I guess as a hotel industry, tourism for that matter, and even the restaurants you could throw into that conversation. I think that's going to be one of those areas that we hope will be able to be extended until maybe even this time next year that there'll be special provisions. So we're not looking for a bailout as much as you're looking for some of these programs to be extended to the point where we can enjoy them with a bit of revenue and actually sort of see some savings from them. Wow. So, I mean, what you're th talking about is wage subsidies for a year or so. And, and, yeah. and you're probably right. It probably has to go that way. I, you know, I, I, I'd love for us to get an economist and we should see if we can do that guys. If we can find an economist. To, I don't know anyone. I'll call it my old professor. But, uh, you should, uh, I mean, if you can get in touch with somebody at McKinsey and company, those guys have been doing some awesome work through all this. Okay. McKinsey. They really have. They, I, Greg, they uh, yeah. just a quick question for you. One of the things that I've seen is some people wonder if, uh, you know, people are not really going to be traveling. Newfoundlanders are not really going to be traveling for vacation. You know, the, the trip to Florida, that kind of thing. Uh, do you think there's any kind of silver lining here as far as, you know, people uh staycationing here in the island let's assume that uh, things uh relax in the coming months yeah well there, there that is a, a silver lining for sure it's a good way to put it and i i'm always the eternal optimist and i i feel that you know that everybody likes to focus on you know the i wouldn't say it's negative but tend to go to that side of like oh my god you know it's going to be changed so much and what are we going to do i think it's just that you know there's people that have that pent-up demand and travel, people love to travel. They love to get away from their, you know, their home. They want to be able to take their family and be able to go away and, you know, experience somewhere they haven't been before. And I think St. John's, if we're talking about St. John's and Newfoundland and specifically, we are still a bucket list destination. I mean, there are even that many Canadians that will say that St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, is a bucket list destination that, that, that's somewhere that they've always wished to go. And you could probably attribute it a lot to our uh, advertising, which everybody had, is aware of and knows about the imagery and the feel that you could even convey in those ads. Uh, I'd also say that we're doing some great work on the digital side, the social media side. I think the province has done some great stuff with that. And uh, I think that there's it's, it's, uh, it's an easy, it's an easy place to market, you know, mm -hmm. let's, let's be real about it. I mean, it's, it's sexy. It's uh, you know, there is a sexy appeal to St. Yeah. John's in particular. Yeah. Uh, I think we I mean, look at those television shows that we have, yeah. you know, Republic of Doyle. It's funny. I, I watched a rerun of Republic of Doyle. They had on CBC the other night and their first episode, I was living in Toronto when that show first came out and uh, you know, that's a really good show. And yeah. it really is, you know, it's good TV. And, and, you know, you get to see St. John's and people go, where is this? And now I heard Hudson and Rex, which is the new television show for City TV. I, I hear that's doing really well as well. And, and I was watching, I watched a little bit of the show yesterday. And we, we do have a really scenic, beautiful province yep. uh, for three months a year. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, like for everything that we look at our, where we live in, you know, you could like tear it apart and say, well, wish we had this, wish we had that. Why do we do it this way? I mean, there's so much that our visitors take out of it. 
it, uh, it, it kind of just always reminds you of just, you know, what we feel our destination offers and what we look at it as being a, what we would look at when we travel is not what people are looking for when they travel here. I mean, it's, you know, the wide open spaces, the scenic views, the, the culture, the history, the authenticity. Um, so I guess getting back to that point was that, uh, to answer Pete's question would be that, you know, I think Canadians, when they look at the list of places to go in Canada, because they're not going to be able to travel elsewhere other than within their own country, that I think St. John's will be near the top of the list, uh, just because, you know, there's that many people that have not been here yet. Um, uh, I fear that maybe some of that could be tainted by the the demographic, uh, you know, seniors may be a little bit more choosy about if they're going to travel and if they do, they might do rubber tire. And I, I, uh, I don't know if St. John's is just too far away and too complicated to get here by taking the ferry and then, you know, all, everything that poses. And uh, so that's, you know, as much as I, I am an optimist, I am concerned to an extent that even though we're an attractive destination and we will do okay, I think we will do okay, but I think that's going to be challenged a bit by how to get here and I, I know the airlines are just hammered um, with uh, everything that's not happening and the costs you know I heard the other day Porter's still not even operating they're not even flying and they've extended that now for another couple of months uh, I think until the end of June that they're actually shut down operations and WestJet Air Canada I mean they've shaved so much uh, I don't know what the schedule is now for flights into St. John's but it's probably 25% of what it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that, you know, routes will open up again to a certain extent to allow more visitors. But again, it's that balance, you know, and uh, so I think we're a little bit too reliant on travel, but, you know, as a colleague of mine said, if last year we were chatting and I never forget this is that, you know, there's no accidental tourists in St. John's. I mean, there has to be smoke in the cockpit. Uh, there has to be what, sorry, what'd you say? Smoke, smoke in the cockpit. Oh, yeah. Emergency landings, right? Because yeah. otherwise, everybody that comes here has a purpose to be here. They're, they're planning a trip to be here. It's not like they're driving around along the highway and they pull over and say, oh, let's check out this place. Uh, yeah. There is a, they make a concerted, you know, uh, plan to be in St. John's. Yeah. And yeah, well, uh, so. love coming here. Like my buddies, like from when I lived in Toronto and they, they come out here, it's like, uh, I don't know, they feel like they're going to like mini Las Vegas or something. Yeah. I feel like. I guess where it's, you know, an island or whatever, and it's, you know, like yeah. gone down to George Street. And I mean, they just like, my buddies from Toronto that have come visit me over the years and, uh, or yeah. some, you know, a couple of them come for conferences because I know conferences and that'd be something to be interested in talking to you about what's going to happen with that industry because, you know, but, you know, yeah. I, I know people love coming here for conferences because it does feel like an escape from them. You come to St. John's, Newfoundland, you come to Newfoundland, you're like, come from the mainland you know you're like wow that's cool we're going to newfoundland you know kind of a neat place and so what do you what do you think i mean yeah well conferences in st john certainly is appealing uh, i know that associations and organizations that do their show, conferences and their shows and their whatever reasons they do to put meetings and conventions together st john's again is a sexy it's one of those places that they may not have had their conference held before and we hear time and time again that from those that have had their conferences here that their delegate count is higher because, of course, you know, those people involved with the associations that are invited to go might not go to Winnipeg or they might say, oh, Jesus, Toronto again. Like, oh, we've already, you know, but yeah. St. John's, it's like, wow, we could take in that whale tour while we're there. We could do that 
hiking or, you know, we could check out those restaurants that we keep hearing about. Um, so again, like they, it has proven to be on the list again of places uh, for conventions and conferences. We have, a, you know, recently expanded and uh, updated convention center. And, uh, but again, with all that said, there's uh, the other side of the coin with the cost to get here and to put a conference on, which is a challenge for us to meet that side of the coin for those planners because, um, you know, Toronto offers a, in some cases, a cheaper option than St. John's just because of access. Uh, you know, they might be a little bit more, they have more business. So they might have, they could probably leverage some of their costs a little, little more easily to meet the needs of the, the, the conference. Uh, we have extra cost here with whatever it could be the cost of food we all know it's a little bit more expensive to get food here and to put it on the shelves and it's no different for a restaurant or a catering outfit to have to incur higher food costs and therefore turn that over to the, the customer so we've always had those challenges uh, and air, uh, air access being the primary one uh, not to mention the rental car side of things but rental car for conferences and conventions sometimes isn't a factor people don't generally get a car although if you're talking about a pre or post which again is another benefit of having that delegate count be higher and have a more successful conference is that people not only will go for that but they'll want to stay longer and take that drive to Bonavista and see those icebergs or uh, you know go to check out Gander and see where it was that these 9-11 passengers were stranded or I mean you know people want to experience it and see it and understand it and uh, maybe even come back which again, conference convention business has been good for us because they can't fit it all in and they feel, oh my God, I enjoyed that so much. I got to take my family back. So, you know, there's a lot of spinoff from that, but getting back to the point, I don't see that part of our business coming back for probably a better part of two years. And um, what about like, have, had, too much have, risk. They, have they canceled now for like September, October? Or? No, um, many have postponed, thankfully. Um, I'd say 65, 60% of what we had on the books is postponed. And I'm not saying we, that's hotel, but as a destination from my DSJ involvement to uh, being past chair of the uh, DSJ. Um, certainly have been watching that very closely. And uh, actually, I got to take a phone call. Can I pause this for a second? No, just uh, you can take a phone call. We'll... Uh, We'll, we'll chat amongst ourselves here while you, uh, <laughs> while you go back. I'll be right back. One second. You go ahead. We, we, should, we should try and, cl and uh, clue this up in the next uh, 10 minutes or so so we can hit our IGTV. Gre Greg's a bit of a chatter, but uh, I, think, I think he's had uh, he's, has raised some interesting points. And uh, Shane, I know you want to ask him about some interesting stories he's had in the, uh, in the uh, hotel industry. So maybe we'll get him on that when he comes back. But uh, yeah. Anything you guys have taken from the conversation with, with Greg? I think it'd be interesting too to hear about, uh, we kind of chatted beforehand about, I guess, restaurants within hotels now too, and how that's not necessarily a deciding factor in choosing where to stay, but we kind of hinted at earlier that Hair is a pretty, pretty high profile local restaurant here in the city now, and I'm sure that's attracting some business for them. So I guess just hearing about the, pros and cons of bringing in a chef to open up a restaurant, how they kind of set their menu, why they chose to have such a unique and I guess upscale restaurant. Um, is that kind of the, the standard across their group? Is it something they did specific here locally? Just wouldn't mind 
digging into that a little bit too, but yeah, I was thinking about tier and tier is tier that upscale. I guess it is like price wise. They're pretty reasonable. And then I guess, yeah, that would be something good to uh, talk to him about. Pete, I love your chair. You got to get some, you got to get some WD 40 on that. <laughs> After every single, every single time we do one of these, I think that yeah, I definitely need to get some WD 40 on this chair. And then I forget. And then I sit down and there we go. I'm going to make a TikTok. Oh, deadly. That's the other thing. We got to bring back influencer Pete sometime soon too, eh? Like, yeah, definitely. Great time to be pumping out some content on the old IG. <laughs> influencer Pete. You know, I don't find that I have more time on my hands right now. I feel like I find I have less time. I, I'm, I just feel like it's, you know, for me, I guess being at home, having kids, the kids around all the time, there's not even any, like, there's not, not even like the drive to work. It's just like, you're up, your kids, you're working, your kids, they're in bed, you're cleaning up, you're going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's like. Sounds magical. Even, yeah. I'll be honest. I hate not, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I hate this. It's driving me crazy. Like, it was okay for a couple of weeks, but, like, I hate it. And uh, I was talking to Jess, Jessica earlier is my, my girlfriend. So, uh, you know, she's, she's like, you know, her job, she, she works at Husky and, but she, she's, uh, she's like, Oh, I love this. I'm working from home. This is great. I'm like, well, at least, at least one of us is enjoying it because I'm going crazy. <laughs> Dang, yeah. Okay. Greg is back. I guess, I guess being that I'm a one man show here these days, I have to, uh, that's right. Tend to, uh, other responsibilities of the business. There's a few garbages that need changing up on uh, the fourth I that, floor, I Greg. That earlier. I got the garbage put together. I stripped some rooms of the dirty uh, bed linen, and uh, now I'm uh, wearing many that hats. Phone, that phone rings. I have to run and get it because that could be a room. So yeah, maybe who was that? Who just called? <laughs> guy from Quebec. Oh, this is good. So this guy from Quebec just called and said, eh, "We like to come there and go hiking, and uh, I got some friends, and uh, we want to come in June and." Uh, What's your rate? And I said, well, I mean, depending on the travel restrictions, uh, we may not be able to welcome you until things open up a little bit. So, uh, but I would love to have you. So it's kind of an awkward conversation because yeah. as much as you'd like to have the room and book them and you kind of think in the back of your mind, like, are we even going to be able to allow them in the province? So, so that, I don't know. That's it's that's just that's a strange, I mean, as much as you want, I, I, I you, you want the answers and you want to have those deadlines and dates you can work with and say, okay, well, May 31st, we will be open for tourism. There is no definite timeline. You, you just got to ignore that. Don't tell them, give them the rates and then <laughs> a, a brief get the credit card. <laughs> I told him to send me an email because he was going on and on with all these questions. I said, send me an email. I'll get back to you with all those answers to those questions that you have. And uh, anyway, we might have some Quebecers here for a week in June. They might be the only visitors in the city and walking around. <laughs> we'll see. I don't Guys, know. We got about five minutes left that we can okay. do on this. So, uh, Shane, I know you wanted to ask Greg an uh, interesting story. Go ahead, Shane. Greg, I'm dying to know what kind of crazy stuff goes on in hotels that us as the general public don't know about. Tell me something stupid. Tell me something funny. Tell me something crazy or all of the above. Cool. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, I have, I could write novels uh, with the stories that I've had, and I, I think it would make some, some good reading, but some of that could be a little crazy for this program. I, uh, I guess, 
we have, um, there's all kinds of purposes for people to book a hotel room. Um, and some of those reasons you'd never think of as to what visitors are actually coming into the city. And I, I there are folks that tend to uh, like to deal with certain products and uh, they have uh, deliveries, shall I say, that uh, they bring. You're talking about Avon? Is this Avon? No, it's not quite Avon, although they could be part of These guys like to uh, distribute some uh, banned substances, shall I say? And, uh, but the hotel I was at previous, I uh, would have to say that uh, that seemed to be a spot where they like to maybe book a room and try to be, uh, shall I say, incognito, get in, get out, meet their handlers, do their dealing, and then fly back from wherever they came from, if it's Quebec or BC or what have you. So we have had, uh, I have been involved in situations where we've actually had known people coming into the city that our authorities are aware of and have actually apprehended uh, in the hotel <laughs> with multiple RCMP taken down these uh, oh yeah, suspects. Oh, it's wild. It's, you can't even Law and Order. You know, uh, some of these other shows just couldn't even, you know, convey that even better. What we could be experiencing it the way I did. Um, very nerve wracking and kind of hard to believe that to be involved with something like that. But yeah, we've had a situation where we've actually had three or four over the period of five years busted in the hotel, one of which involved $3.2 million product. Uh, oh yeah. They had used a storage facility in the vicinity of the hotel to store amphetamines, greenies, cocaine, you name it. He had uh, in the storage like garage. Yeah. It, wild stuff. And you'd never suspect the individual. You'd look at him and think, what? How is it this guy? Great guy. Of course, they pay money. They, they don't rate, never seem to be an issue. They pay whatever. And uh, yeah, so wow. that's always been an interesting piece of the business that, you know, and of course, we've had a couple, I've experienced a couple of hotel robberies. Another side of the business, I guess, that might uh, be interesting. Why don't you just quickly gloss over that? Experienced a couple of hotel robberies, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. We've actually had, uh, I actually have. Uh, another hotel I worked at in Calgary, I walked in on a room and the guy was dead in the bed. And uh, so that's a whole other, uh, yeah, that's something that you'd never read run of a day that, uh, how, how do you handle that? Well, no text that, right? So, um, yeah, that, that kind of kind of opens up your, uh, you know, whatever can happen. You just don't know what to expect in a hotel. And I think that's what attracts me to the business. Is that there's no set day, like you can't just, it's not, Every day is different, whatever it might be. Uh, those are some extreme examples, but. Um, Greg, is I it? I said my family's, I'm a fourth generation player. I guess I might be in the blood that you just kind of let it roll off your back and it doesn't, you don't let it affect you. Uh, you know, some people might get freaked out about it. You know, Greg, is it true that you have a code name? Yeah, I got a code name. <laughs> let's not we're not getting into that we're not getting into that let's just keep greg out of that stuff today but am i, I actually my grand my great-grandfather had a hotel in lethbridge alberta 
back in the days of the rum running days and um he was involved in that and it's kind of juicy stuff you know how they used to get rum across from the right. into the into the united states from canada because of course we had different restrictions than the americans did but, uh, yeah. he made a nice pot full of money running rum across the border and you know it really really interesting stuff that uh, has come out over the years my dad's been digging into it trying to put it together a story or two about what his Ooh. industry so it kind of goes back generations uh, as to what you know hotels can tell a story i mean the walls if the walls could talk i mean it would be an interesting uh, interesting place to be i bet yeah. Hey, listen, listen, guys, Shane, I know it sounds like you want to ask another question, but I think we've reached the end of our uh, time limit here. If we want to, we try and keep it at under an hour so we can get it on all platforms that we try oh, and get it on Instagram TV. So we, uh, but it was, Greg, it was great chatting with you. And uh, we'll, uh, maybe we'll try and do this again another time, uh, bring you back on. Yeah. To, to Anytime. I'd love to do uh, anything else. I got Got all the time in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and we're going to try and get a few more of these out uh, a little quicker as well. So, uh, okay. but, uh, that's it from us here at the podcast. So, until next time. <laughs>